Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of Psalm 119, actually very close to the end of it. So let's pick it up in verse 161 with their uh, beginning of a new stanza. We looked at 161 through 164 in the previous episode. So let's read those again. Then we'll look at the last four verses of this stanza. The psalmist says this, Princes persecute me without cause. But my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. I hate and despise falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. So we see here that the psalmist is really speaking very, very personally of himself. We see it through the stanza, I, 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 several times. And he's just declaring the truth. He's saying, Lord, I'm being persecuted by the powers that be, by princes, by people from outside of our people, by people on the inside of our people. They're persecuting me, and they have no cause. But you know what? I'm keeping my heart standing in your word. And I am all of your word. I'm going to rejoice in your word as if I found some great spoil that I had uh, was unexpected. Now, I'm going to rejoice in your word. And then he declares, I hate those. I hate and despise falsehood, those who speak lies, but I love your law. And then this great line that seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. And that may or may not mean, likely means in King David's life, that there were seven distinct times a day that he stopped whatever he was doing and worshiped and praised the Lord God. I think that might be a good habit for us to develop. We have such a wonderful gadgetry now, nowadays with computers and phones, etc., alarm clocks, uh, that we could actually set aside, you know, a thing. You know, now on these smartwatches, you can sit there and program your watch to make you and remind you to get up and walk around every hour or to do this on the hour or to do this every half hour. That might not be a bad thing to do, the program. Just stop for a moment, give thanks to God. Just give thanks, praise the Lord. It may be the kind of thing where uh, David was worshiping at 6 in the morning, 9, noon, 3, 6, 9, and midnight. Could be. It also, I think, is a very vivid picture with that number of seven, of just a fullness and completion of things, that I'm going to praise you all day long. Because truly, folks, with every breath we are told to praise the Lord. Every breath that we have is a declaration of praise. Every thought, every word is either going to be praising the ways of man or it's going to be praising the ways of the Lord. So verse 165, we continue on. Those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. Uh, I just walked out of a men's uh, early morning prayer gathering and we were uh, reading uh, Matthew 6, Sermon on the Mount, where it tells us at the end of it to be anxious for nothing. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough problems of its own. What he's saying is, you know, the ones who love your law, the ones who adhere to your word, the ones who believe your word from a new covenant perspective, particularly those who've called upon your name, who have repented and confessed and are saved, they have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. 
It doesn't mean that you won't have things come in your life that will make you worried or anxious. It doesn't mean that there won't be things that come that bring fear and fret. But we're told not to fear in Scripture. We're told not to fret. And so there's a difference with these things. If you're walking along, I've said this many times, if you're walking along, all of a sudden you jump a copperhead right there. Well, you start doing that snake dance running the other way in fear. <laughs> okay, that's a good thing of self-preservation. What the Lord is talking about is that fear and that anxiety and that fretting that ties you and binds you down and keeps bringing you down and down and draws you away from his presence and from his throne and from his power and keeping your mind stayed upon him. It actually becomes a form of idolatry because we give more worth to the anxiety and the fear than we do to God. We give more worship, worship, that's where the word comes from, to that than we do the Most High God. And so uh, what we see here is he's saying, if you keep your mind upon the law, if you love the law, if you love the Lord, you're going to have great peace. Even when oppressors and bad things come against you, you'll have peace, and nothing will cause you to stumble. There's also another uh, psalm that says, uh, a righteous man stumbles seven times and he gets up every time. <laughs> the idea would be, no, when you go along, you're going to stumble. Things are going to happen. But it's not going to be a stumble to where you totally walk away from the faith and turn away from the faith. So he says, those who love your law have great peace. Okay, have great peace. They're not going to stumble. Verse 166, I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and do your commandments. Now, a lot of times we see that hope, and we use the word hope. It, it's like in a future sense of something that we uh, are uncertain about. I mean, there are elements of that, no doubt. But a lot of times in the Scripture when you see hope, the idea is that our hope is in our salvation. He says, I hope for your salvation, not from the point of view that he's not sure he's going to get it. He's not sure if God's going to grant it. He's not sure if God's going to follow through. He's not sure if he's going to be able to walk the way he's supposed to. No, no. He's saying, the sustaining element of my life, Lord, is your salvation. Okay? That which he's waiting upon and yet living in. Our salvation is like this. Okay? It, it has been in the past. There's a particular moment if you're truly saved. But then you are being saved. So you have been saved. You are being saved. And you will be saved that you will be saved. Okay? So there's all these elements of time in a linear sense that are involved within this. So he's saying this, Lord, my hope and the hope for my salvation is your salvation. So I hope for your salvation. I'm doing your commandments. Now the last two verses. My soul keeps your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. And, and that soul right there, the nefesh in the Hebrew, that's a really interesting word. Uh, it means the soul, the actual mind, the living being, uh, the desire, the emotion, passion. Again, uh, the context brings determination as to what the meaning is at that moment. What he's saying is my passion, who I really am. My soul keeps your testimonies. You know, you can keep the testimony, you can keep the law in the physical sense and look very, very good. Pharisaical, dare we say. Religious religionist, shall we say, you can look that way, and yet your emotions and your passions and your soul be something entirely different. He's saying this, no, my soul, my passions, my mind, what we'd call my heart, is keeping your testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. Not just love them, but love them exceedingly. And then the last verse, 168, 
I keep your precepts and your testimonies, for all my ways are before you. So he's been telling the Lord all the way through this long psalm. I mean, we're on verse 168, right? That, Lord, I'm keeping these commandments. I'm keeping these testimonies. I'm keeping your precepts, okay? I'm keeping your law. I'm keeping your word. I'm keeping your ordinances. And he declares it again. I keep your precepts and I keep your testimonies. And then he says, for all my ways are before you. He's saying, God, you know this. I don't have to tell you this. All my ways are before you. You know I'm not lying. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know I am imperfect in the flesh, but you know what my heart desire is, and all my ways are before you, and I'm declaring that I'm keeping your precepts. I'm keeping your testimony. Do we always do it perfectly, rather from the old, either the Old Covenant or the New Covenant perspective? No. But it's the what you see in First uh, John. It's the, your pattern of practice of behavior is pressing on pressing on in righteousness, pressing on in holiness. So he says, you know what, Lord? I'm keeping your precepts. I'm keeping your testimonies. Regardless of what's happening, people are persecuting me. This is going on. This is happening. I'm keeping it. And you know my ways. They're all before you. So I'm going to rest in that. The same can be said for us, folks. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. And I'll see you in the next episode.